All right, learning more and more about the uh, shooter and what happened overnight in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now more than 50 people murdered, over 400 uh, injured or wounded, and uh, a lot of that has to do, obviously, with fleeing. Um, so not all, all related to the shots fired themselves, I mean, directly from that. But still, the worst mass shooting in American history happens overnight. And uh, the shooter killed himself prior to a police breaching his room at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino. And uh, this guy lived in Mesquite, Texas, or Nevada, rather, and, and presumably, too. And the thing is, all sorts of information coming out now, and uh, some of it's inaccurate, some of it's half-truth. So kind of got to be careful what we spread. As a matter of fact, one of those things was that, uh, according to the Associated Press, and this is totally without proof, by the way, that ISIS claimed responsibility, saying that uh, he converted to Islam, this uh, Stephen Paddock guy. But that's you know, certainly unsubstantiated and without proof. Generally, you don't see 64-year-olds doing that. So the motives, we don't know at this point uh, if there are ties to, as we said, you know, ISIS or domestic terrorism. No one knows at this point. Uh, but we do know that certainly more than 50 people are dead this morning. As the president spoke, we carried it live here on News Radio 700 WLW. He called it an act of pure evil and ordered all the flags lowered to half mass as we also thank Las Vegas police, fire, and the first responders. Uh, responders. Uh, we were talking, too, during this and going, my God, we were promoting heavily, as you know, the iHeartRadio Music Festival, which happened uh, last week. Um, and and um, certainly you want to talk about target-rich environments. I can't think of a place more target-rich. hate to put it in those kind of cold clinical terms, but that's what this is. When you get festivals and conferences and Vegas is packed pretty much 24-7 year-round, um, it's amazing that something like this didn't happen in the past. And so the question is, if you're in an environment like that, and it doesn't have to be Vegas, it could be any large gathering, um, that, that how you are able to survive one of these things, is it pure luck or is there some strategy involved? Alan Barist has a, a website and he teaches a school. It's called SurviveAshooting.com. Alan, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. Sure. Um, when you hear the terms every man and woman for themselves, and that's what happened, they're like literally, in case you don't know where Mandalay Bay Resort is, it's the southern end of the Las Vegas Strip, which is right next to it's the last hotel right before McCarran, which is an international airport you fly into in and out of there. And people were knocking down airport fencing to get out of the line of fire to the point where they're running on tarmacs, and that, that's the main reason why they canceled and closed flights. Uh, because people were running and trying to seek refuge from the gunmen out there at Mandalay Bay. And the concert was in the field below the hotel. And so this was like when you see the videos, like shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, is you know? And here's the other thing before we get into the details of this. The motives right now are all speculative. we got to point that out. We, you're going to hear a lot of misinformation probably in the next 24 to 48 hours. So until the FBI and Las Vegas police speak, I, I wouldn't believe too much of it. I wouldn't take much stock in things. And I'm glad you said that. I was just talking with a colleague, Stephen Brown, on line about not spreading misinformation. And we have to try to curb those rumors and make sure we're not putting out any information that's not accurate until we know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the fact of the matter is that we've got at least 50 people dead, and that number is probably gonna, going to continue to rise. And that's that's the saddest takeaway from all this is people just out enjoying a country concert, probably taking vacation, flying from all over the country to come and watch Jason Aldean and a bunch of folks play country music in Vegas it is like a destination trip, last gasp of summer kind of thing. And, you know, there are a lot of people whose, whose lives are turned upside down as a result of this. We've got to keep that in mind before the obviously politicization of this whole issue comes along with gun control and the likes. 
So maybe we can pause a minute before it becomes political to think about those families. But uh, you're in a situation like this. Generally, when you teach classes, it's probably more like school shootings, mall shootings, where the shooter is in close proximity to the victims. This is largely unlike anything we've seen in a long time, isn't it? It is, because, I mean, I teach three, three things that you can do, escape, deny, attack back. And with this situation, the attacking back is taken out of the equation. There's no way people down there can stop the shooter that's up in a hotel. And some of the denying access avenues, like locking a person out of your room or classroom, there's, you don't have that. So essentially, we're down to escaping or denying access by getting behind cover. And that's why it's important for people to know about cover and concealment, cover being something that will stop bullets and protect you from gunfire. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, similar. I mean, there are cases, too. Obviously, the uh, first one um, in Texas, well, one at Texas A&M in 2012 at College Station, too, where you had snipers. But we've never seen one of, of, of this type of weapon before, and that is what sounds like a fully automatic weapon or an altered semi-automatic um, where it was converted to full or maybe he was bump firing, which is kind of a, um, you know, I don't want to get too out in the weeds here on technicalities of it. But it, it struck me as a, um, at the very least, it certainly was on full auto uh, or at least it, it was the action of that, too, which, you know, you don't have to be terribly accurate if there's a crowd of people below you. And there's there's probably a number of things you can't do uh, that you just mentioned, but there, there's some things you can do, which is what? Well, a couple things. We need to even back up before the shooting and awareness of what's going on around us at all times, just being generally aware. And possibly there was a way to stop that guy before he got all those guns into the hotel. I don't know how he snuck him in or how he brought him in, but we need to be paying attention to those kind of things so we can stop things in the first place or yeah. hopefully prevent them. You know, I thought of that, too. He had more than a uh, 10, maybe a dozen or more weapons and ammo and all this. But but I would think if you brought in three or four large duffel bags, you probably could get away with that. And if you think about the types of people coming, conventions, people on work trips and the like, all sorts of different types of luggage, uh, it'd probably be pretty hard unless you had some sort of, I don't know, sniffing or detection advice uh, as people were entering the hotel and checking in. But that, that's season probable as well. It's true. I mean, it's very difficult because everybody has big luggage and different yeah, things for right. different shows. However, I mean, I don't know. Where, did his neighbors, <laughs> could they suspect him, you know, what, you know, the guy's acting weird and loading his car with bags of guns? I mean, you never know. I mean, but it's surprising how many things are stopped by people reporting that to law enforcement, stuff right. that never makes the news. Um, but people being aware, recognizing things, reporting suspicious activity has stopped a lot of things. So that's, you know, our first line of defense. But let's get back to, you know, you're in this crowd. Um, what I always teach people, no matter where you are, is know your exits, know how you can get out of a place. And that could be for a fire, a bomb, a shooting, any kind of emergency. Knowing your exits and where you would go is so important. And in this case, I, you know, we keep seeing the video over and over. And, and you want to talk about literally deer in headlights here as people are just standing. Uh, some people are standing up videoing. Other people are crouching down. Uh, some people are milling about. Uh, and those are generally the individuals that wind up getting hit uh, when the gunfire begins, right? Correct. Movement saves lives. In an emergency, moving is going to be almost always your best thing to do. And that's either moving toward cover, moving to an escape. You know, if you're on an aircraft, you're moving to get out so the fire doesn't do there. But 
you know, freezing, not knowing what to do is the worst thing you can do in an emergency like that. And that's why, you know, in the training, you know, I teach move. You, you have to do something, escape, deny, attack back. In this situation, escaping, getting to cover, getting out of the firing, fire zone is your best chance of survival. Yeah. Is it continuous movement? Because uh, I've heard, well, you should try to remain flat or try and make yourself as small as possible when the gunfire is going on. Do you wait until the, until the firing ends before you start running? And you know, what, what form of run? Is it zigzagging? What's the best approach? I don't teach zigzagging because unless you're a trained athlete, people try to zigzag and they trip over themselves and fall. And there's actually been studies done with, you know, using uh, airsoft-type guns where zigzagging did not get you out of the kill zone um, faster than just running. So I just teach teach people to run as quickly as they can to safety. And that's either behind cover or completely out of the danger zone. All right. if, if, you know, if you can get down and get behind cover, that can be good. But, you know, crouching or zigzagging doesn't necessarily help as if you can just get out of the area. A moving target is hard to hit. Uh, as far as taking cover, um, because in a situation like this, and, I, you know, it's hard to see, but having been to festival-type concerts before, obviously they have fences up to keep people who don't pay out and keep the crowd in. Now they can't open gates and the like up, but when you're talking thousands of people in mass chaos, that plan goes out the window, which is why we saw um, uh, Alan Burris, the fences knocked over adjacent to the airport. I mean, knocking over an airport fence takes a great deal of effort, but people are desperate to get out of the kill zone in that case, too. If you're going to cover, what, what, do you, what are you looking for to cover with? Obviously, a wall or something heavy like that, a car, an automobile, but in an area where essentially you're penned in for a concert, what, what else do you have? You wouldn't have anything where they were at, and so that's why you, you know it's it's a worst case scenario because you can't get to some of these things that can save you if you can get to the parking lot where they have the automobiles and obviously the front of an auto, automobile with the engine block is going to be the safest mm. to to be behind um if there's brick walls or solid walls but where they were at there wasn't much and so it is a, it's one of the worst places you can be out in the open with no cover and a person with a high-powered rifle that can shoot those long distances. Yeah, and just the randomness of it, too. It's not like he was uh, probably individually targeting people from that far up. He was just spraying into that crowd. It was 20,000 people and the type of weapons he had, which, like you said, they sounded to be automatic, you know, fully automatic-type weapons. Um, It's almost impossible not to hit something if you're shooting at that many people. Yeah, whereas in the past, you know, we, we've had the um, uh, snipers before using a sniper rifle, which is more like a bolt action and, and you know, uh, single round, which, of course, you know, you can kill dozens and dozens of people. That's entirely possible. But we've never seen anything like this with what appears to be a fully automatic weapon spraying into a crowd, which at which point I would say, despite the best tactics and what you're talking about, Alan Burris, um, it, it's, it's a crapshoot. Um, you know, it's, it's completely luck and bad luck. I agree. Part, you know, there there is a huge element of luck in this. You know, and any type of shooting, you know, say the movie theater shooting. If you're sitting there watching Batman and the guy comes in and starts shooting and you're the you're right there and you're the first person shot, it, you know, it's luck. I don't care who you are. Um, you know, but then after that there's some things we can do. You know, in this shooting, the things we can do are, you know, try, you know, if you're in better physical condition, you can run faster and get out of an area 
So I always encourage people to take care of themselves and be in good shape. You can respond to emergencies better. Um, Inside your vehicles, everybody should have a first aid kit inside their vehicle, and I recommend having one or two tourniquets in those first aid kits so you can stop the bleeding and save lives. You know, there were people that made it to the hospital, um, but there are people that probably could have made it if they would have had tourniquets or had the bleeding stop, because that's the number one thing that kills right. people um, from gunshots. Is well, the, how many? And the other thing too is how many people? How, how many people know how to apply a tourniquet, where to use it, and, and how to apply it? I think that's another matter entirely. And it is, and that's you know I teach that in my courses. That's part of the courses is putting tourniquets on. You put them high and tight on the arms and legs. If that's the extremity that was shot, you put it as high and tight as you can to stop the blood, the bleeding, and that saves lives. It's been proven in the war situations, and the military now we're teaching it to civilians for these kind of situations. Well, ironically, um, last, uh, this is on on Friday, I had uh, Representative Brad Wenstrup on from here in Ohio. Brad Wenstrup is a uh, combat-decorated field surgeon who also happens to be a member of the House, who also happened to be on the baseball field uh, back in June, June 14th, when that gunman went and shot a bunch of GOP lawmakers practicing for a baseball game. Uh, Brad Wenstrup and others uh, saved the life of Representative Steve Scalise out of Louisiana uh, because Brad Wenstrup applied a tourniquet. Exactly. I mean, it is, it's proven to save lives, and I recommend everyone have a tourniquet. And, you know, it costs you about 30 bucks. You hope you never use it, but mm. it's insurance. Get a good tourniquet, like a CAT, a CAT. Get a real one. They cost around $30. Don't get a cheap knockoff that you pay 5 or 10 for. Um, get a real tourniquet or two and have those in your first aid kit. And everybody should have those in their cars and, and have them available. Um, it will save your life or somebody else's right. in a situation like that. Right. I mean, in a case like this, obviously people aren't going to have first aid kits with them. You could use a belt or something along those lines as well if you had to. But, uh, you know, no one expects that to happen and go into a concert. The worst is maybe some heat exhaustion, maybe some drunks getting in fights, something along the lines like that. But, but what happened yesterday is us unprecedented. Do you have a fear because you study these things. Alan Burris in uh, SurviveAshooting.com, he teaches active shooter response courses and the like and, and working on a book in that nature, too, that th- this may be, uh, and, and we see these copycats happen all the time, let's face it, but that this is going to empower other lunatics or people out there and going, wow, well, it seems easier than putting myself in harm's way if I just get to a high building and, and use that sniper's nest up there to fire on innocent people, and I'm going to wind up causing more damage and killing more people, and furthering whatever cause it is I have in my in my sick, twisted mind by doing things like this? Do you fear that this is going to be the new paradigm when it comes to mass shootings? I do have concerns and fears that this won't be the last time that something like this happens because we've been seeing, you know, the FBI statistics show a rise in incidents and a rise in the number of people ki- killed and injured. And it seems like all of these evil people want to keep upping the ante and do better than what the last person did. And we do have copycats. So I am fearful and afraid that these kind of things will happen. And that's why I'm out there doing as much as I can to help people to ease their fears Mm. 
and teach them some things they can do to, to better be prepared and and not live in fear of this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and it makes sense. Again, you want to evade and escape, and that's the first thing, especially in a situation like this. I think a lot of people, there's a uh, willful suspension of disbelief and thinking it's a movie. And I get that. I mean, I've never been in combat or been been shot at before, but it, it takes an awful lot for the human mind to process this. And, you know, those those seconds that you stand there going, is this real? Is it firecrackers? Um, it, it, even if you see the video, it looked like it took a good while before people realized what was happening, that there was an active shooter. Uh, because Jason and Aldine kept playing after the first salvo of gunshots, and you could hear it because uh, people were recording the concert. And then he stopped playing. The house lights came up, and you realized that, my God, there's somebody with a weapon there. Now, we all know this watching the video, but I couldn't imagine what your brain is thinking when you're you know, standing at this concert. And you re- and maybe you had a couple drinks, too, let's face it. And, and that makes our senses a little dulled, that there's actually someone with a weapon up in the building shooting at me. It does. And that's why, you know, having some training— and having visualized and gone, having a plan in your brain can help you. You know, I have a, a friend who's a, he's a co-teacher with the team of, that I'm on in Missoula of an active shooter course we teach. He says it's like a computer file. If you look for a file on the computer and it, there's no file there and the computer just right. keeps spinning and says file not found. Well, what I'm trying to do is put files in people's brains of what they can do in an emergency situation so their brain finds that file quicker and they can respond rather than standing like the deer in the headlights going, file not found, I don't know what to do. Right, right. I I know what this is. Anyway, it's it's Alan Burris. Alan, thanks for coming on the show. Surviveashooting.com is a website. Appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you much. There you go. In about eight minutes, we'll get a full update here. President spoke uh, about uh, 40 minutes ago, calling this an act of pure evil, the largest mass shooting in American history happening last night in Vegas. This is News Radio 700 WLW.